Recorded live. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. This is our call to worship. I want to start by thanking God for, for this day, because he is truly the creator and sustainer of everything. I want to bring you greetings from my pastor, Reverend Millicent, Black, and I want to welcome those of you that continue to call in every Saturday and join in with us as we worship. Truly, God is a God of hope, so we come into his presence this afternoon with confidence that he is going to meet us here. There's sadness, he brings us joy. Where there's tiredness, he brings us a refreshing Where there's despair, he brings a renewed sense of hope. So this conference called Gathering represents our sanctuary. It's our safe haven for us to worship and to receive the holy words of the Bible, to sing songs and praise the Lord as we devote ourselves to worshiping our God. Now we do have our serving team today, and I would like to acknowledge them We have Minister Carolyn Cunningham serving as our worship coordinator. And our psalmist today, our sister Janetta Robinson and mother Pearl, uh, excuse me, Patricia Neal. We'll also have a guest, uh, a wonderful anointed praying woman, Sister Juanita Purdy. And, of course, Dr. Millicent Black will will, uh, deliver the message today. A friendly reminder, as usual, all of our phones will be muted at the start, and if you so desire, you can unmute yourself if you would like to praise the Lord along with the psalmist or the the preacher. But then please return and uh, mute your phones so that we uh, don't distract the speaker. Another reminder... Don't forget our Bible study on Wednesday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Excuse me, Pastor Millicent Black has been delivering a wonderful study uh, all this month. And on the 29th, the title of the uh, lesson will be Ignoring God's Plain Truth coming out of Romans, first chapter, 19 through 32. So please check your newsletter as normal for any additional announcements. So if all of our hearts and minds are cleared, let's prepare to worship God in the beauty of his holiness through prayer, praise, and proclamation. And Sister Janetta Robinson is with us. We're going to ask her to open us up with the song. Hello. Hello. Are you saying for? Sister Janetta, is that you? This is Juanita. Oh, um, okay. Um, We're calling for Sister Janetta to sing us an opening song. Mother Neal, are you with us now? Yes, I am. Would you sing for us, please? Yes, okay, yeah. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, you know I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, you know that I'm gonna. Let it shine, let it shine, yes, let it shine everywhere I go. You know that I'm going to let it shine, whoa, everywhere I go. You know that I'm going to let it shine, yes, everywhere. Where I go, 
You know that I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. God gave it to me, and I'm going to let it shine. Whoa, God gave it to me, and I'm I'm gonna let it shine. Whoa, God gave it to me. And I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mother Mia, for that uplifting okay. song. Now we'll have scripture and prayer by Sister Carolyn Cunningham. The scripture today is taken from the book of James. First chapter, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Father God, many times we grow weary of these trials we experience as targeted people. Some of them might be small, while others are too often, like Job's were, severe and extreme. And we always perceive them as unfair and unjust. Too often we forget that you, Father God, are with us always, even when we experience these trials. We sometimes feel abandoned by you, and we fail to sense your presence in our suffering. We pray and ask you to take these trials away from us. We ask, if you love us, why do you not take this suffering from our lives? We don't see that the opposite is true. You are perfecting us in your goodness, your grace, your mercy, through these trials. You are making us more like you, loving, just, merciful, and good. Help us to remember that as we go through these trials, you provide us with all that we need to overcome the enemy through the power of your Holy Spirit. We have the victory in you through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus. For we have become more like you, Father God. And at the end of our lives, we will receive the crown of life with you in heaven. In Jesus' holy name, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we thank you. Amen. 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 Right now we'll have a song. Another song by Mother Neil. I am healed, oh Lord, I am healed. I am healed, oh Lord, I am healed. He said he would heal my body, all sickness and Diseases, I thank God. I know that I am healed by His stripes. I am healed by His stripes. Oh, Lord, I am healed. He said he would heal my body, all sickness and diseases. I thank the Lord. I know that I am healed. I thank the Lord, yes. I know that I am healed. Listen, go tell cancer it's healed. High blood pressure, it's healed. Diabetes, it's healed. Oh, Lord. It's healed. 
Because of alcohol, it's healed. Demons of drugs, it's healed. Oh, Lord, yes, it's healed. Oh, Lord, I'm healed. In my mind, yes, I'm healed. Touch my heart, yes. I'm healed. Everything I cried about, I'm healed, yes. Oh, Lord, I'm healed. Thy hip stripes, oh, Lord, I am healed. Thy hip stripes, oh, Lord, Thank you, I'm healed. You said you would heal my body of all sickness and diseases. I thank you, Lord, yes. I know that I am healed. My mind, my heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I am healed. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Mother Neal, for that beautiful yeah, Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Now we'll have the altar prayer by Sister Juanita Purdy. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I'm a little confused. Uh, have we're doing just the intro here? I'm sorry. I was thought I was doing the call to discipleship. No, it's just just the prayer. Just just the the altar prayer. You can do the intro and the prayer if you like. Okay. We bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to be in your presence today. Lord, we delight in learning of you, in being in your presence, Father God. We thank you, Father God for this day that you have made. And thank you, Father God, for the fellowship that that you have ordained to come for such a time as this, Lord. We come receiving, Father God, the word and the message that you have for us, Father God. We pray for open hearts and open minds, Lord. We bless you. We bless your holy name. Father God, we ask that you cover each and every person that is present here today, Father God. We thank you that you take care of each and every need that is present here today, God. We thank you, Father God, for your mercy and your grace that prevails in our life, Father God. We ask that you set the order of this service today. You pour out your anointing spirit on the message today. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit guide us that we will receive the message that you have for us today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we'll have a song sung by Sister Janetta Robertson. Okay. Mother Neil, can you sing for us, please? Uh, okay. Um. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. With Jesus, it's the best thing I've 
I've ever done In his arms I feel protected In his arms I'm never disconnected No, 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 no In his arms I feel protected There's no other place I'd rather be falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've I've ever done in his arms I feel protected in his arms I'm never disconnected in his arms I feel so protected there's no place I'd I'd rather be Falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with my sweet Jesus, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever ever done. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Mother Neal. Now we'll have our message by Reverend Millicent Black. Amen, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mother Neal, for stepping up to mother. I have to take the the credit for her not being on the line. I sent her uh, the the right phone number, but I sent her the wrong code. So... Home and I sent her the right code and didn't send her the phone number. Oh, so, for the summer. end of service, she would be with us and she can sing for us. She, we're not going to let her off the hook that easy. Praise oh. God. <laughs> Thank you. Man. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. That's all right. Yes, Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. As I was working on the message I was reminded of a song that I I used to hear my mother and her her group sing when I was a little girl. And I don't know how old I was, but hearing those women sing, I mean, it just sounded like mockingbirds. And I went back today to listen to that song, and I mean, it made me fall in love with Jesus all over again. It's just like if you want to have that experience of when you first believed, go back to some of those songs that you, that were being sung on when you came into the into the kingdom and see if it won't make you fall in love with him again. I tell you, I sat there and I had tears in my eyes and I could have got up and ran around the room and, oh, I, I really wanted to throw up my hands and just let out a holler. It felt that good because as, as, as that one song sang, was played and then they went on and sang some more and sang some more and sang some more. And it was just such such medicine to my spirit. And Amen. it just put my heart in such a way. I tell you, I was just so amazed, but I won't forget to go back and find those YouTube videos and listen to them again. They, they just pull you back. I mean, really just allow you to go back to the time when you first believed and you felt the love of God and you felt his presence in such a strong and mighty way. So, Mother Neil, thank you so much for just reminding me again that I've been back in that place today. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. I appreciate everybody being here with us this afternoon. Thank you so much. I thank God for yet another opportunity to share the word of God that Zoe, Zoe meaning life, that word of life. I give honor to him and to Jesus who is my Savior and to the Holy Spirit who is my teacher and my intercessor. I also am thankful for those of you who have come to share in this service and those who have taken special leadership roles in the service this afternoon. Um, Elder Carolyn Cunningham, thank you for 
so graciously accepting to be our worship leader this afternoon, Mother Neil. I tell you what, just blesses me all the time. People, she came from a family of singers. Amen. So there's never a time that you can have this family together and ask them for a song that you won't get a, a, a major blessing. And then uh, Sister Purdy, thank you very much for, for uh, offering us that altar prayer and, and, and taking us back before the presence of God. Amen. To say thank you to the ministry team, and I know that Sister Gloria told me this isn't necessary every week, but it is. It's necessary to, to say thank you to people who don't have to do it, but they do. And and so we have uh, Reverend Carol Mosby, who is in uh, away from us this summer. She's out with her family. Uh, she teaches school during the regular school year, and she said during the summer they travel a lot. Then we have our, our advisor and mentor, Reverend Dr. Robert E. Jones, who preferably will be preaching for us again during the month of July. Amen. Then have our most anointed and talented administrative assistant, Sister Gloria Sterling McGill, who prepares the newsletter each week, and she also responds to the emails that come in to refugefromstorm at aol.com. Our Bible study leaders are Minister Barbara Heistini and Sister Wanda Soval, both of them are valuable women of God. Amen, amen. Bible study. Amen. Um, and then to those of others of you who help us each week uh, with our devotion and, and with other in other means, uh, that's Minister Doris Scott, Sister Noel Alexander, and again, Minister Wanda Soval. The psalmist that you hear each week, anointed women of God, are a blessing to us, and I want to say thank you to each of you. And a special thank you to Sister Cassandra Lewis, who manages this each week by meeting and unmeeting when necessary. And she also records the call. So if you missed the call or if you want to go back and listen to it again, you can go to TalkShoe.com and look for Conference Call Church, and there you'll have a listing of all of the calls that we have each week you'll be able to go back and listen to almost any call that you have missed and and experience the service. Now, I, I want you to know that all of us live all over the United States, from California to Washington, D.C., from Florida to St. Louis, Missouri, and, and we are here in Middle Tennessee. And that's just to let you know that we can work together anywhere in the world when we're working for God. And we'll it all together. Now for our word, and there is a word from the Lord. I uh, began to 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 actually meditate on something last weekend, and and as God usually does by midweek, He changes the whole course of things, and I end up going in a totally different direction. But this the, today, I hope that you're going to be blessed by the word. Um, I'm going to start. The, the, it's coming from Second Corinthians chapter 12. And I'll, I'm torn between reading the, the first 11 verses or just starting where I'm going to be preaching. I'm going to read the first 11 uh, just so that you can get an understanding of where, where I'm going today. And it reads from the New Revised Standard Version. It is necessary to boast. Nothing is to be granted by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the Bible or in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told, that no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me, even considering the exceptional character of the revelation. 
Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. So whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for the sufficiency of the all-sufficient one who is you yourself. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for how you sent your word to heal us. You sent your word, God, as a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And God, you promised that your word cannot go home empty-handed. It must accomplish what you please and prosper in the thing whereunto you have sent it. So God, I pray this day that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. For you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, Amen. So our topic for the afternoon is the sufficiency of grace. The sufficiency of grace. When I was a young girl, and I shared a little bit about that just a little while ago, my mother was part of a singing group with other women from her community. One of the songs they sang, to me as a, as a girl, was so pretty that I still remember the words. The title of the song was Grace. The word said grace, grace, God's grace. His grace is sufficient for me. Grace, grace, God's grace. His grace will give you the victory. Then one of the ladies, either my godmother or my mother, would sing the lead, and they would say, grace woke me up this morning. Grace started me on my way. Grace will make you love your enemies. Grace will brighten up your day. Today's text focuses on the determination of Paul to live a life of victory in spite of what he was called to endure. Our attention is called to verses 8 through 10, which reads, Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would lead me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ, for whenever I am weak, then I am strong. The Apostle Paul is a well-loved character in the New Testament because of the many books that are attributed to his writing. Of the 27 books, 13 of them are attributed to Paul alone. Paul was a Roman character, a Roman citizen by birth, whose father was a wealthy tent maker. His father was Hebrew and of the tribe of Benjamin. He spoke fluent Greek and was raised an Orthodox Pharisee. The Apostle Paul, who started as one of, the, of Christianity's most zealous enemies, was handpicked by Jesus Christ to become the gospel's most ardent messenger. You remember the conversion story of the one who thought he was doing God a favor by getting rid of the Christians? That was Paul. He got special letters to give him permission to hunt and persecute the Christians and was present at the stoning of Stephen. I love the thought of this man while traveling on the Damascus Road, heard a voice but saw no one, and that voice was asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? While traveling, Paul was Saul at the time, and it took a changed heart and a changed life for Jesus to change his name to Paul. Paul. 
Once converted, Paul traveled tirelessly through the ancient world, taking the message of salvation to the Gentiles. Paul, one of the all-time giants of Christianity, was quick to acknowledge that he exchanged his own sufficiency for that of Jesus Christ. Paul had a brilliant mind. He was able to debate on philosophy and religion. He could take on the most educated scholars of this day. Jack Zavada writes, Tradition portrays Paul as a physically small man, but he endured enormous physical hardships on his missionary journey. His perseverance in the face of danger and persecution was has inspired countless missionaries since that time. Paul learned many lessons after his conversion that were far superior to the ones taught by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. One of Paul's most famous statements is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, reminding each of us that our power to live the Christian life comes from God, not from ourselves. Many a spring and fall revival have had the main scripture read, sometimes during the week, from Ephesians chapter 2, and it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. This truth assures us that we cannot be good enough to earn salvation. Instead, we are to rejoice that we have gained salvation as a result of the loving sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In this paracoup, Paul recounts a thorn in his flesh that kept him from becoming conceited over the priceless privilege God had entrusted to him. It was to remind him and us that when God counts us faithful enough to share the secrets of heaven with, we must not get puffed up and think that we have arrived. When invited into the circle of friends that God will share the future events of history, we must be sure to wait for his leading to tell others. In saying, for when I am weak, then I am strong, Paul was sharing one of the greatest secrets of staying faithful, absolute dependence on God. The beginning of the chapter leads us to that famous declaration about grace. Some of us call it God's remedy at Christ's expense for sin. Some call it God's unmerited favor, and yet others define grace as God's ability in my inability. This means when I can't, God can. Paul tells us that it was Jesus who answered his question about relief from the thorn, the messenger of Satan, if you will, by saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. Listen to what others have said about grace. John McCain says, The very center and core of the whole Bible is the doctrine of the grace of God. Grace is the most important concept in the Bible, Christianity and in the world. It is most clearly expressed in the promises of God revealed in Scripture and embodied in Jesus Christ. Grace is the love of God shown to the unlovely, the peace of God given to the restless, and the unmerited favor of God. Grace is love that cares and stoops and rescues. Jerry Bridges says grace is God reaching downward to people who are in rebellion against him. Grace is mercy, not merit. Grace is getting what you don't deserve and not getting what you do deserve. Christianity teaches that what we deserve is death with no hope of resurrection. While everyone desperately needs it, Grace is not about us. Grace is a word that's about God. His uncoerced initiative and pervasive, extravagant demonstrations of care and favor is found in the word grace. In looking at the scripture passage, I found three encouragements about the word grace. First of all, it's sufficient for salvation. Secondly, it's sufficient for suffering. And third, it's sufficient for service. Paul found grace sufficient for his own salvation that was marked by a vision while he was on the Damascus Road. 
having gotten written permission to hunt and persecute the Christians, Paul was about what he thought was his duty to God. Jesus, however, stopped him by calling to him from a bright light. And the end of the story was that when blinded Saul saw the light of the error of his ways, the light of salvation came to light up his soul, his life, and his path. His name was changed to remind him that he had a new life and he became the carrier of the good news rather than the bad name others called him when they knew he was in the area seeking to imprison or have them killed for their faith. Paul's suffering immediately follows the salvation experience. Here, grace is more sufficient, and God's strength shows up all the more. Paul becomes a lone ranger of sorts because the Christians hated him, and neither the Jews, the Pharisees, nor the Sadducees trusted him now. He described his perils in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 like this. He had been called crazy, had been imprisoned more than anyone else he knew, had been beaten countless times, and was often near death due to the abusive treatment he endured. Once he was stoned, three times Paul was shipwrecked. He was in danger on rivers from bandits and from his own people. He was in danger of the Gentiles. Paul had sleepless nights. He was hungry, thirsty, cold, and naked. As a pastor, Paul lived under the daily pressure because of his concern for all the churches. In spite of all this, Paul declares, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. He learned that the best Christian is a Christian who can acknowledge the need for and his dependence on God. How many of us could have gone through all the things that Paul went through and still say, I'm glad I'm weak? That's almost like getting knocked down over and over and over until you can't stand anymore, and then the person hitting you picks you up and knocks you down again. But with God, he may let the devil have his hand at us, and he may get to knock us down, and God picks us up. But one day God's going to tell the devil that's enough, and he'll take care of the bully for us. Grace to serve is another way that grace that Paul is given grace. Grace to serve the people of God is found throughout Pauline epistles as Paul becomes the most important apostle of the New Testament. He was led by Jesus Christ himself. In spite of his suffering, due to Paul becoming a Christian, he wrote letters to every providence God sent him. One time he went one time he went and was when he was told not to go. And God allowed him to spend time under stress and pressure of being shipwrecked. He was mobbed. Christians criticized him, and false teachers challenged him while trying to destroy his ministry. Paul spent two years under arrest without a trial, yet he continued writing letters to the churches under his care. Paul told Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And he encouraged Timothy, he encourages you, and he encourages me to endure hardships with us like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now back to the thorn in the flesh. This message of Satan that was sent to torment Paul, there is one assigned to each of us, and our addresses are in their hands. How can we keep going as Paul did? Paul might have had a physical weakness, a speech impediment, or a disease. He could have battled an addiction, temptation, or his past could have refused to die. No matter what it was, he tells us that God sent it, much like Satan was allowed to challenge Job's faith. I don't know if God really sent it, but like Job, Satan was given permission to challenge him. And the assurance was that Paul's faith would not fail. You know why? G-R-A-C-E. God's remedy at Christ's expense. God knew that Paul could not fail because he, God himself, could not fail. Then there's grace for our salvation. We are saved now 
we are being saved, and we will be saved to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Paul told us in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Later on in that same chapter, he tells us, for those whom he knew, foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. Therefore, we were formed in our mother's womb. God knew us and had ordained that we would become part of his family. We couldn't save ourselves then. We can't save ourselves now. So we become recipients of God's grace, the unmerited favor that gave us the reward of salvation just because of God's love for us. There's grace for our suffering. No matter what you're going through, and our messengers from Satan are created. God's remedy is still great. When you can't stand the pain, the pressure, or the propaganda, God has grace for you. When your money runs out, your patience is tried, and your emotions threaten your personality. And, 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 it, and it won't give you a personality that's not yours. Grace is there for you. Then there's grace in service. For anyone who has served in a church in any capacity, without grace, you would have left the board, the committee, the pulpit, the choir. There's no way to serve among people and personality without grace. One person told me once that the way people voice their displeasure is first they'll vacate the pew, then they vacate the pocketbook. And finally, they vacate the parking lot. That means they leave the church altogether. Has this ever been you? Did you ever feel like throwing in the towel? Were it not for grace, we would never leave the house. We'd never be friends. And surely we could not have the courage to go on. Grace. His ability shows up every time we can. Remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's also important to remember now unto him who is able to keep you from falling down and staying down, falling apart, and from falling away. Grace, it works according to the power that is at work in you to exceeding abundantly beyond all you could ask or think. Many of us are in the worst storms of our lives. The storm refuses to stop. The winds keep blowing and the rains keep falling. But God wants us to know today there is grace for you. Grace kept Paul from blowing away, both physically and spiritually. It kept him from blowing up on the people he led. And then still keeps people who have their faith in God today. Amen. Already heard this, the the scripture from Ephesians eight verse two. So by grace are you saved, and that not of yourself, but it is the gift of God. Grace gives us salvation as a gift, and so I offer you that today. I offer you the gift that that, that uh, God gave in Jesus Christ. Salvation. Salvation is, is saved, being saved from. From, from death and, and hell. It's also being saved from the world. And it can be mean being saved from, from ourselves. Because have you ever found yourself to be your own worst enemy? Jesus. In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. You know why? Because grace helps us to live not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Oh, that what God is saying. So if you would like to become a part of the family of God, we invite you to to pray uh, this prayer with us 
a very simple prayer, just asking God into your heart, asking Jesus into your heart. And, and it would just go, Lord Jesus, I simply ask you to help me accept the simple grace of, of, of gift of grace. I ask you to come into my heart to teach me how to live a life that is satisfied and pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer, amen. I invite you to write us and tell us that you decided to become a part of the family of God. We would like to pray with you, explain to you more about what the gift is and how you have become wealthy in the kingdom through the gift of grace. Amen. At Refuge from Storm at com, and we will call you back immediately. Amen. 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 Now we will have our closing song sung by Mother Neal. Oh, no, sorry, sung by Sister Janetta Robertson. Amen, amen. I think we may have missed it all together. Mother Neal, would you grace us again? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank, oh, thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Janetta, did you by chance get to join us? 
Sister Cassandra, you can end the recording now. 